superpowers on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have a very special interview. It's a, it's a unique and slightly different interview with Anthony Brogno. Um, Anthony Brogno is a wilderness guide. He's a primitive skills instructor, writer, photographer, conservationist, and adventure seeker based in Massachusetts, in my home state. He has been fortunate enough, as I have, to spend time with Native and local people in many of the regions around the world where he has traveled extensively. And he's gotten to learn about their unique ecosystems, customs, and relationships with the environment. Recently, he returned from guiding a four-month-long expedition in the Chilean Andes as part of an unaided crew of four, making a feature-length documentary. The film Unbounded follows their journey into Patagonia and focuses on the environmental issues and achievements for conservation currently happening in Chile. Uh, He and his crew spent time with and interviewed many people with relationships to the environment, including Native elders and Nobel Prize winning environmentalists. So I am very excited to have you on this show, Anthony. And, you know, some people might be asking why am I having, you know, a filmmaker talking about environmental conservation on a show about sex, love and superpowers. Uh, But you know, in my work with, with Indigenous elders, I have seen a direct correlation between how we relate to one another and how we relate to mothers um, as having an effect to how we, how we treat this Mother Earth. And so I'm just really looking forward to having you here and to diving into this conversation together. So welcome. Thank you so much for saying yes to being here with us today. Mm, thank you so much, Tatiana, for having me. I'm honored to be here and speak with you today. Absolutely. And, you know, just for fun, we'll throw you into the mix and ask you our signature question that we ask everybody, which is, what are your superpowers, Anthony? My superpower is um, the ability to guide people to the starting point or the kind of launch pad, if you will, um, from which they can embark on the quest. Uh, that they need in their life at this moment. Um, So I can bring people to a state or a scenario um, where they can really get in touch with that, that inner flame that burns within them and kind of um, be able to stop and hear and listen to um, the source, the spark of that flame. Um, Because I believe that we all have um, superpowers and we all have um, this good that we were sent here to do in the world. So um, at different points in our lives, there's always this kind of um, this time to, or these things that have been um, concealed to us or that we've been kind of sleeping on. So um, to be able to awaken to those things or to get clear on what our superpowers are or, or the, the mission that we're meant to be on right now, I think um, almost all of the time there's a quest involved in that and there's some kind of journey that we have to go on. And um, there, you know, there, that can change throughout our lives. There can be um, different journeys at different times in our lives. So um, I see myself as someone who is able to spend time with people and then help lead them to 
um, that point where they can embark on that journey to um, make those discoveries. Mm, so beautiful and so needed. And, you know, I haven't had my direct experience of doing that with you, but I have no doubt that you are excellent in that and that the space that you create for people is an incredibly safe one. I mean, you're like one of the gentlest humans I've ever met in my life. And I've been, in, I've had the good fortune to be in ceremony alongside of you and have a solstice ceremony we're going to be doing together um, coming up here for the winter solstice. And I, so I just, I feel really honored to sort of have you in my court, so to speak. You're a very high integrity individual and thank you for showing up that way and for carrying that work into the world. It's so needed right now. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, so I want to talk about this film. I want to talk about sort of how it came about and why you, why did you want to be part of making this movie? So my involvement with this movie um, was very much um, due to a very kismet set of events and, um, and just really uh, a burning desire to get involved. Um, so it started out, I had uh, seen, it's actually funny too, because it's been, this week is actually one year, um, it'll be this week that we left for um, the expedition. Oh, cool. So, there are no accidents of perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, a very, it's a very interesting time right now. I'm doing a lot of reflecting on um, what's happened over the year and, and everything. Um, but yeah, so it's been one year since we set out. Um, and so it started out um, uh, a little bit before this time of year, like a month or two, about November or, or October. Um, I saw this, this uh, thing on, online somewhere, I think on social media. And it looked incredible. It was like kind of everything that I'm into and, and uh, interested in and kind of rolled into one. It was this um, project that these four people were going to be doing um, where they'd be traveling, they'd be hiking and pack rafting for four months along this um, little known trail called the Greater Patagonian Trail, which I had actually never heard of at the time. Um, but I had spent time down there um, on my own um, in 2014, a couple years um, prior, and um, and so I had this connection to that place, and the project was um, largely focused on conservation of land down there um, because there are really some amazing conservation efforts happening in Chile right now. Um, so it was, you know, Patagonia and conservation and adventure and you know the quest and the journey, and so it was all things that I, I really. Um, resonated with. And so I, I reached out and, um, you know, said, hey, if there's any way I can get involved, um, I would absolutely love to um, help in whatever way possible. And so um, I, I formed a little bit of a relationship with the producer and director um, of the film. And I was going initially to be helping them with logistics and PR and helping them run their social media and, and do all these kinds of things and, you know, kind of using the connections um, that I had uh, made during my first travels um, through Patagonia. Um, and then uh, <laughs> the wilderness guide that they had uh, slated for the trip and just a few weeks before they were going to leave um, wasn't able to uh, make the trip anymore. 
Um, so I was kind of helping them scramble to find another person. But um, of course, it was always in the back of my mind from the very beginning that, you know, it would be a dream to be on this thing and to to be a part of it um, more intimately and in person. So you know, I was like, hey, I'm I'm available. And, uh, you know, it worked out that I ended up, uh, I had the skills necessary and, and the previous experience down there. So it was a really great fit for me to um, be the wilderness guide for the expedition. Hmm. Cool. I love it when things magically happen like that. Like I said, there are no accidents. Mm. Um, so now when we were first talking about having this interview, the, the topic that we, that we settled on was inspiring action with empathy. And um, I would love to sort of dive into that topic a little bit with you of, of how you see that relationship with, um, with action and empathy taking place through some of the conservation methods that are happening down in Chile, how we might, you know, apply some of that up here. Um, let's, let's talk about this. It's, I mean, it's a very intriguing topic to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's, what's so, so beautiful about film. And that's why I love um, film as a medium for um, inspiring empathy, because I think it's, um, you know, short of actually going to a place and spending time there. I think it's one of the most effective ways of really conveying um, the, the feeling and kind of that, that int- intimacy of, of, you know, knowing a place and, and kind of understanding what it's about. Um, so we, um, I, uh, sorry. It's okay. Um, so what, what did you, what did you get to know about that place when you went down there? What was, what was, what was the depth of, of your interaction with, with the people, with the place? How did you tap into that empathy inside of yourself through this experience? So going out into um, the wild, which is what we did a lot of the time, um, it just, it really has a way of kind of pushing everything else in your life aside and like Mm -hmm. you are nowhere else, but where you are, it keeps you so incredibly present. And that's, that's part of what I love about travel um, in general is that it's, I think one of the most effective ways to keep us present in our lives and and everything is new. And, um, and it's just, it's really an amazing um, uh, avenue of, of keeping us, you know, in the space that we are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, really getting onto the land and, um, you know, having to, um, navigate everything to keep ourselves going, um, on this, on this long trail, um, where, um, you know, a lot of the comforts of everyday life are, are not there and, and it, um, it really, it really brought us very close to the land and also the people because a lot of the, uh, the journey we were passing through, um, these remote landscapes that, uh, the only people living out there were either native or, um, native people or settlers of the region. And, um, they, they live these incredible lives kind of, um, pretty isolated from, um, 
the rest of you know society and, and the outside world. So um, to to really spend time with them and um, connect and uh, in a way that really really couldn't be done uh, by other any other means um, other than by foot and um, really just getting out there um, and then being able to take that and try to share it with others, you know, back here in, in the U S and other parts of the world, um, to try to capture, uh, what it was that we were experiencing and, and going through and, and witnessing out there, um, is, is kind of how I see us, you know, inspiring this empathy and, and really getting close and forming these relationships, um, with these people out there and this relationship with, um, the natural world there, um, is, is really what, what, uh, enabled us. And I hope, uh, will enable the, the viewers of the film to, you know, want to stand up for these places because there's, there's some kind of relationship that's built and that's where empathy comes from. I believe is, um, you know, when you really get to know, know a place or know a people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what a beautiful gift that you're, you and your crew have given to us in in bringing us into this remote part of the world that the majority of people aren't going to be able to access, um, and that you that you got to bring us in there with you and and to hear the voices of these people. We have to take a quick break, but when we get back, I I, I really want to roll the conversation more towards you know what those voices were saying. Um, and, and the importance of, of the message that you heard from the voices of these, these people who live so closely in alignment and in tune with nature and in tune with the earth. But before we go to break, would you please just let everybody know where they can find out more about the film? The, the documentary is called Unbounded. Um, and where can, they, where can they go to learn more about it? Absolutely. So you can uh, go right to our website, which is unboundedthefilm.com. And we're also on social media at Unbounded the Film. Um, so we love love to connect with people and hear about um, kind of what what this this project um, kind of sparks within our, our followers. Awesome, awesome. So find them on Facebook, find them on social media, unboundedthefilm.com. We're talking to Anthony Brogno about inspiring action with empathy. And when we get back, we're going to dive deep into some of the messages of those native voices that he had the good fortune to tap into. So stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, and we're back. So, um, Anthony, you told me that primarily, you know, there's a there's a number of different tribes down in this area of Chile, but it's they're all sort of nestled within the Mapuche Nation. Is that correct? Yes. And 
Um, now, I don't want to be so callous as to assume that we can speak for these people, um, you know, by any stretch of the imagination that, you know, we're two white people here having this conversation. And yet to also acknowledge that, you know, we're making a conscious decision to use to use the, the privileges that we've been given to help to highlight some of these messages that are so important that these people are wanting to carry out into the world. And, and um, you know, so I, I just want to name that, that, that both Anthony and I are wanting to have this conversation with a tremendous amount of respect and integrity in, in relationship to that. Um, and that said, you know, if, if you were to, you know, really almost like imagine yourself as an ambassador for these people in this moment, you know, what, what was the message that you heard repeated the most or that you sort of, that was like infused into you through this experience? What were some of your biggest takeaways and, and what do you think um, they would want, you know, knowing that like this conversation is accessible to people all over the world? What do you think they would want people to really come away with? to know so yeah i i have had some um incredible uh realizations and and uh kind of takeaways from my time um with these especially native people um on this journey and um like you said you know i I don't uh intend to to you know i've never been asked to speak for them or, or be an ambassador but um to share these takeaways and, and kind of this knowledge that I've gained just by spending time with them and listening, um, is something that, um, I really, you know, uh, feel honored to be able to do. And so I would say that, um, one of the biggest, um, takeaways and kind of things that that stuck with me, um, from one of our conversations with a native elder, um, who was an incredible man, uh, that, you know, was, a historian of his culture of um, the actually it was the Pewenche, which is one of the many um, the many uh, tribes or or um, factions of um, native people that that kind of fall under this um, blanket of the Mapuche Nation um, was that uh, you know asking him what you know what what he wanted the world. Um, to know if he if he could share a message with the world, and it's that we are still here, we are here, um, and so that is something that for the native people in that part of the world um, is is really a, a a main you know a a huge message for them uh, to share with the world because. Um, they have been holding their ground for hundreds of years now that this 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 uh this fight is not over it's you know here in north america we have um you know this this history of a lot of um the native population being you know either wiped out or uh you know histories being lost and and things like that and we have kind of this different um relationship and this different um history here but in in the part of the world where we were in in southern chile um it's it's a little different they um, have actually, you know, they consider, um, what they're going through to be the longest war in history and they can, they consider themselves to still be fighting that fight, um, fighting this battle of holding this ground and that, um, 
you know, they, they will not be pushed out. And, 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 uh, and on the, the brighter side of that is that now we're actually finally coming into this time where I think that, um, you know, things may, you know, I hope that things will be, be becoming easier. Um, and, you know, because, um, you know, people are paying attention now. It's, it's not like, um, how things have been in the past with, with history that, uh, you know, the, the settlers could, and, you know, there was this kind of idea that, um, you could, uh, as a colonizer kind of do what you wanted and, and kind of act, act, you know, in all these terrible ways in that it would either go unnoticed or unchallenged. But, um, that's one of the great things about this interconnectedness of the, of the world that we live in now mm-hmm. is that, um, all these things are being seen and, and these voices are able the the native voices are able to be amplified now. Um, and you know, that's, that's part of, I think what, um, people like you and I are, are trying to help do. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think that the, the, to know that they are there, and to know that, um, you know, what they have gone through, places that we went, um, one of the, the main things um, we talked to a lot of, uh, of people down there about was um, the damming of rivers, which um, was uh, hugely uh, negatively impactful for many, many Native uh, communities down there in the last, you know, 100 years or so. Um, there's been huge damming projects which have forced uh, people out of um, their homelands and and all of these things, um, awful things that have happened. So um, to to now, you know, try to be a part of helping to repair this and you know at least shed some light on it um, is is really. Uh, really an honor yeah it's hugely valuable work and thank you for stepping up to the plate to do it not everyone has the courage to do so um and you know i think this this message of of we are still here i'm i'm curious you know maybe maybe you didn't have this experience you didn't have an opportunity to see but i'd just be curious to um hear your response to my wondering um sometimes my curiosity gets the better of me in these interviews but you know were you able to interface with you know indigenous populations who had been colonized and like this this nation uh, tell me their name again the pech uh pewenche pewenche um so the the Poenche Nation and then maybe some other tribes that had been colonized, like did were you did you, first of all, did you interact with with sort of two different populations? And if so, like what was the main difference that you noticed? Um so so different population uh native populations? Yeah, like like maybe native populations that, you know, what I what I heard you say from what happened with them is that they were really able to stand their ground and like they're they are still um, if I'm understanding this correctly and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm understanding this correctly, they're still, they still have their culture. They still have their ways. They're still living in their, their traditional ways, which, and they, and they are still here. They're, they have persevered throughout this, these attempts at colonization. Um, and there are a lot of other tribes that have not been so fortunate. And 
so I would just love to sort of maybe maybe hear if you if you can if you have and if if like that's the wrong direction for this conversation, please tell me. This is just my own curiosity getting the better of me here. Um, if you if you saw or noticed any difference. Um, yeah. So absolutely, that um, that is something that um, was was very prevalent, and I think that. Um, there is a lot of holding on to these traditions and um, a lot of the people that we spent time with out in what's called the Campo, um, which is, you know, the, the countryside, um, they, they do have these traditions that they're holding on to and, and still living with and um, living in traditional ways. But I think um, as, as with many, many native populations, they have, um, they have kind of come together and unified. So under this, this, uh, broader, um, Mapuche nation. Um, and so, um, absolutely some, some populations of, of the actual more specific, uh, uh, tribes like Pehuenche and Tehuelche, uh, some were more successful than others in, you know, holding their ground. But I think this as, um, in more recent history, um, this kind of unification that has happened and um, and coming together has enabled them to to stand stronger and hold that ground that they've been holding for hundreds of years more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so where I see um, there kind of being um, some differences is that, like I said, the the people that we're uh, the native people that we are staying with out in the countryside, I think, are have been better able to um, with withstand the colonial influence and hold on to these traditions. Um, whereas the the people living in more um, urban areas and kind of in society um, have have certainly adapted and um, kind of adopted. Uh, more modern lives and technology. Um, but I think that it's important for all of them. They all recognize the importance and uh, make the the time and effort and show up to go um, and still reconnect and spend time out in, in those lands that, that really are theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've really named something that's so important, um, which is this being able to connect to this amazing raw earth that we have, I think kind of regardless of where one is living um, to be able to, to connect more deeply with this earth and with the land, there's a strength that we are able to draw from that, which is why, you know, I don't think that we can really have a conversation about spiritual connection and without acknowledging that we do draw that strength from the land and if we are not working to protect that land and to treat it with respect we're we're not actually fulfilled in our in our spiritual mission here do you think that's sort of fair to say oh yeah absolutely um and i think that's that's part of what um you know conservation is about for me and and kind of spending time with these people um, that is definitely uh, one of the things that I've reflected a lot on is this kind of um, this obligation that uh, I believe, and I think a lot of them believe we have um, to 
give back to the land and protect it. I think that that's one of the um, kind of ideas that come with this colonial mindset is that we can kind of, you know, everything is, was created for us um, and that we can kind of take as much as we like. And uh, it's kind of all, all the domain of man. And while, you know, I think part of that is true that, you know, that creation and in, in nature and everything mother earth has provided so plentifully for us and it is and that there is so much there for us um to receive but it's not this i the this it's a faulty idea to think that you know we can just take as much as we want um with no kind of obligation to give back mm-hmm. and um kind of replenish and allow allow uh nature to to really be left to its own um, left on its own. Um, so I think that's where conservation, uh, becomes, um, you know, kind of how I see part of my, uh, you know, interest of, of, uh, giving back and, and, uh, not just taking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm always looking at how everything is a macro of the micro. And and while you were talking just now, I was thinking about how we take care of the mothers in our, in our culture. And, you know, if we're looking at this mother earth as this provider, someone who, you know, births us and nurtures us and really truly everything that we are so easy to take for granted is, is given to us by this earth so plentifully without any request for anything in return. And yet, you know, to not then turn around and take care of in return is, is like one of the deepest disrespectful things that we can do. And I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking about and looking at our culture and thinking about how we treat the mothers. And, you know, it's so easy to like, there's this, there's this real ubiquitous movement to like blame your mom for everything that happened to you in your life growing up. And, and, you know, like without looking at sort of more of a systemic, like, societal lack of support network for mothers and for parents and you know thinking about all of these mothers who are you know who who birthed and and did their best with what they were given and what they had to take care of their children and you know for better for worse you know I'm not saying all mothers are perfect by any stretch of the imagination they're you know but um but to just look at things a little bit more holistically and I, I was just I was just getting this image as you were talking of all these mothers that then end up sort of neglected in nursing homes. They like spend their whole life taking care of their children and giving to their children. And then we sort of put them away in these little boxes. And, you know, it's kind of, that's like kind of what we're doing, right? We're, we, we take, we take, we take, we take, we take, we take, you know, my time with the Lakota people, they have this, this name for, for white people, the Wasichu, which is the, the fat thief, because they just, they take the fat, they take the best parts, and they leave the rest, you know, without any regard for the whole and, and, and how we're taking care of the whole picture there. Um, so that's just, that's just like a little, you know, <laughs> little window into Tatiana's crazy mind and where everything goes when I, when I started into these kinds of conversations. But I think there really, there is a, there is a correlation there to how we treat one another how we treat especially the mothers of our culture and how we are treating our earth. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's actually um, le- exactly where I think um, that this leads into is, is that, um, is that re- 
respect for for our mothers and um i think that 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 is kind of where a part of this this shift that needs to happen and uh, uh for the healing of the planet um is going to come from is this this respect that we have for our mothers you know um or that we should have for our mothers uh bringing that into our relationships with um all other people and and the earth is really i think going to be um imperative to to creating this this shift that we we need to see in the world if we want to um be here for another you know seven generations or yeah. or you know even a few more generations um in in any kind of um comforts that we've had you know up until this point so um that that's that's exactly i think where where we're headed with this is that um realizing um the importance of of ha- of this deep respect for um our mother uh who you know like you said with without any expectation just you know gives all of themselves to to us that are uh, their children and um yeah so i think bringing that that respect and that um reverence to to relationships with each other and intimate relationships and and basically all all interactions that we have um with uh, you know all parts of the world uh, bringing that respect and understanding that we are connected and um that all of this has been provided for us and i think that's another um kind of colonial idea that um has come about is that we're kind of you know separate from everything that that man that humans are mm-hmm. you know uh, either better than or, or or you know separate from nature and which again I think is just like this crazy idea that you know to think that really any other form of life or or anything else on this planet um, is in any way less than you know, us or, or any other people are less than us. Um, it's just this, this, um, kind of, it's the biggest lie we've been fed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It's this, this, um, this sickness, this view like that, that, you know, we're separate or better than, you know, any, any, any other people or any other life on this earth is just insane. So, um, to really understand that, you know, it's all been provided for us. We are all, all children of the same, you know, great mother earth. Um, and then in turn to treat all other beings and the planet, you know, as our mother and all other beings as, you know, our siblings or our family, because in uh, understanding that we are all uh, very much interconnected. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the, the deepest prayer and and i i do my best to walk that way in my life and to you know it's not always easy because it's been so ingrained and it's been it's so like culturally ubiquitous to to have this story of separation this story of of not the same mm-hmm. the this you know that i i really do believe that that is like one of the number one lies that we have been fed and that we've absorbed and consumed and bought into that that we're separate that we're alone 
you know, that, that we don't have connection with other people and that this person standing in front of me or this plant even standing in front of me is, is less than, is less valuable than me. Um, you know, the plants, my time with the plants, they, you know, plants are different than us in that they have a collective consciousness. Like you're, when you look at one single plant, you're not necessarily just looking at one plant because they tend to grow in groups. You know, you look at a forest and all of those trees are part of the one mind of that kind of tree. Um, you know, they're sharing a, a mycelial root structure. So they have this collective understanding in that, you know, you cut down one tree, you're cutting down an aspect of that forest. You're not, you're not cutting necessarily down an individual being the same way we look at ourselves as humans, as individual beings. There is a difference there. And yet there's a, there's such a deep, deep, deep wisdom um, that I think we would be really well served as a, as a human race to start tapping into that understanding of our own connectedness and, and um, connectivity that way that, you know, if, if, if there is this, you know, race of people or even just this one individual over here who is suffering, then there's an aspect of myself that is suffering. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I've, I've, you know, to paraphrase something that I've heard is that, you know, basically any, any action or, or, you know, suffering like you're talking about that exists in one of us, you know, in, in some form or another, it exists in all of us. And I think Mm -hmm. That again, that's you know a huge part of this shift is kind of moving towards a more collective consciousness and understanding that you know these awful things committed or endured by you know one or any of us is really um, it affects all of us. Yes. And so um, to understand that um, is you know I think a huge a huge um, piece of progress. And if we can help you know other people understand this and and see that connection um then you know we'll be we'll be you know using our superpowers uh for the good that we're meant to to do in this world and um yeah i love how you just brought that back around full circle (laughs) that was awesome (laughs) did you have one more thing to say we are sort of coming to the end of our time but if there's anything Um, else that you wanted to to share with our audience i'm sure they'd love to hear it um yeah i'm I mean, you know, this is, it's amazing because I think we could, you know, go on forever Mm -hmm. um, with all these different aspects of what we're talking about. But, um, but yeah, just to um, kind of bring it back full circle is that, um, that the, um, uh, That yeah, we that we are not you know separate from nature in any way, and that um, to go back to the the importance of uh, recognizing and and um, having respect for our mothers is that um, something I saw um, so much of the time when we were down in Chile is that the these people these families that we were meeting so much of the time it was like all, all you know focused through multiple generations or their kind of all surrounded through kind of a maternal um a maternal figure you know whether it was not necessarily someone's mother but you know an aunt or or someone who who had multiple generations around them that kind of kept this this family unit um returning to those valleys um out in the middle of uh the wilderness and um it was really just incredible to see 
and uh you know and and another thing that that was you know very much um taken away by us uh, from these people was that uh that you know life out there is not easy and um there there definitely is a lot of hard work and a lot of you know sacrifice that goes into um living out there in the campo and i think that is also another uh big thing is that you know in this society that we live in um it seems like there's just so much of this kind of you know uh des- desire and and this need to like immediately mask any kind of pain or like mm-hmm you know, make things easy, like take a pill or like, you know, do something to, to mask, even if it's not like, you know, anywhere near retreating a cause. It's like, there's like this, this kind of like, let's dull the pain. Let's like, let's, you know, um, let's, you know, make it go away for now. As long, you know, the short term idea, like thought, uh, process of like, you know, just kill the pain for now. And, that's something I think that I've learned so much from these, these native people living out in the Campo is that, uh, you know, life, um, there, there is pain that we have to go to go through. And a lot of, you know, life living in harmony with nature is hard work, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think that will be another big part of, um, of the shift that needs to happen is, uh, recognizing that, you know, pain is in, in, kind of struggle is what helps us grow. And so if we're always kind of trying to mask that pain in, in this society, if we're always trying to mask the pain or, or you know, dull it um, and avoid it, you know, where, where do we get the opportunity to grow? Where does the time come for us to grow? And so I think that's um, something incredibly important to, to, you know, recognize is that, you know, that it's not, like this easy, you know, happy, love and light uh, transition that, you know, is going to, or, or kind of experience that's going to be, enable us to go through this transition, that there is going to be struggle and pain and, but that that's what helps us grow in that, you know, this kind of, you know, endless pursuit of like, live, you know, to not experience any pain, I think just doesn't leave any room for us to, to grow. And, um, and yeah. again, I think that, in the long term and um more uh you know more than just masking the pain temporarily it's it's the mothers that you know go out and uh you know are able to bring back the the um remedies and and able to kind of take care of us and realizing and recognizing that um we have this divine mother that you know is going to be able to take care of us and help us uh you know cure that pain in a, in a more long-term sense. And, and just my experience of like, you know, being out on the trail and, you know, all going through all kinds of things like stomach bugs and injuries and all these things that happened on our trip. And, um, like just things showing up just at the right time. Like we would meet native people and they would show us, um, where to harvest herbs that would cure our stomach aches or like, you know, all these things. So it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing that, you know, an instant like, uh, masking or dulling the pain is not, um, not going to lead us to grow, but it's also not going to, uh, enable us to like really find, um, true like remedy. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I think there's something about, it's almost like the, 
the solution is inherent within the problem, you know, but it all depends on our attitude towards the problem. And, mm. and I think that, you know, cause if we, if we are only looking at it as a problem, then the, we can't find the solution because they're, they're, you know, to speak in SPE terms are different vibrational frequencies. And, um, and I think that, I think there's something really valuable in what you just said. And I think that, you know, it's true. We do, we do grow through, through the challenges that we experience um, as humans on this, on this planet, you know, whether we choose to live, you know, in, in where the, the struggle and the, and the, the challenge is a real daily physical, like, you know, working the land kind of struggle, or if it's, you know, just because we, we live cushier lives doesn't mean that we don't still experience daily challenges in, in a more modern cultural context. And I think that you're right. I think that, you know, we, we've created a lot of ways to sort of pretend that we can just gloss over some of those issues without really making them medicine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I always, you know, I always in my own life practice that, you know, what, what is the medicine with the inherent within the challenge that I've been presented with? And, and I think that that is that being able and willing to interface with the challenges and with the pain and with the struggle from that place is, is where the growth happens. Mm, absolutely. Right? Because if you weren't open to, to learning, then you would have just continued to stay sick, right? If you weren't, if you weren't able to see like, okay, like let me take this experience of the stomach flu and turn it into learning about a new plant that is a healing agent on this planet. You know, you got to have that experience because you were open to transmuting it, to transforming it. Mm. Um, I think there's, a, there's something to be said for that too. Absolutely. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be with us today, Anthony. And just, I really value and appreciate our connection in this conversation. And I hope it has served our listeners well. Um, for for those of you who who are still on with us, go and check out the film Unbounded. Go to unboundedthefilm.com. Um, thank you again so much for for showing up for for speaking with me and for doing your work in the world i appreciate you thank you tatiana so much for having me and and for for really holding this space for uh you know myself and so many other uh incredible people with incredible um knowledge to share i'm really really looking forward to uh to hearing more thank you thank you so much And for all of our listeners, until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.